So um, I think it can be helpful to recognize that uh, as we practice, um, there is um, a process that, that we can say that has been catalyzed. That's the way I like to think about it. Through being here, sitting, walking, showing up again and again, through engaging uh, all the all the really really many many aspects of being here, but there's a sense that we can begin to feel that something is happening. Some some process of settling somehow. Certainly can feel that myself, even though I'm well anyway, I'm in this bit of the retreat. <laughs> um, and really feel it in the hall in a way the the samatha, the samadhi, the calming element, the sense of uh, the mind beginning to gather, to not be so dispersed. And, uh, yeah, many other beautiful qualities being brought forth. And steadiness and kindness. And, and joy or contentment. So some uh, so you want to kind of pick up with the encouragement to really take care of what this process is for you to really feel like you can take what's offered or not just let it go in one ear and out the other to really trust your own sense of your own your own process this sense of a growing sense of your own intelligence your own intelligent awareness your own intuitive wisdom or sensitivity that actually knows more kind of clearly what is actually going on right now for us, around us, seeing, hearing, thoughts unknown as thoughts. So there's a that sensitivity and that steadiness is actually growing and we're maybe getting a, a sense of what supports that so just really again the encouragement to continue with any practice that you want to continue with that we really um, we're offering some suggestions but again really <coughs> invite you to to uh, yeah, use your wisdom your discernment in what you really want to give your energy and attention and interest to today. So having said that, I'd like to offer some reflections on the quality of equanimity. This fourth 
best home. I like the idea there are four best homes. <laughs> it's not as any space to be one best something, but they're all best. And I was sitting yesterday and an, an image came to my mind of this beautiful house, beautiful place, a bit like Guy House, but not quite, and had four beautiful rooms, four beautiful rooms. And, and I, I would enter each room and there were other people there and other beings and and each room had a different quality. And it was a room full of just friendliness and people sitting quietly talking in a circle and other people just sitting quietly in warm atmosphere, the metta room. And then I moved through and came into another room, very quiet, kind of soft and sort of darker, and but full of, full of love, full of tenderness, the compassion room. Some people suffering and people being cared for and just feeling moved and, and yeah, the tenderness and the beauty in that room with other beings, myself. And then moving through to the playroom, full of colour and light and laughter and creativity and somebody painting and some children playing and just a sense of light and wonder. Hmm. And then I walk on into a great room, a beautiful, spacious, empty room with great windows and a high ceiling. And out of one window there's a great mountain. And then another, from the other side, there's, there I can see the great ocean. And at the end of the hall there's a single candle lit. And up above there's kind of glass roof and I'm coming towards the end of my day in this beautiful house and I just look up and see the stars and the mystery of the universe. And as I sit and walk and look, I hear the sounds of crying and weeping and I hear the sounds of laughter and joy and I hear the sound of friendship of fellowship so yeah welcome to the equanimity room
and that they are indeed very multifaceted, multifunctional, and they are indeed mysterious and to some degree unknowable. And each one of them is said to be a doorway to the deathless, to the unconditioned, to that realm that the Buddha spoke about very carefully. And that the sense of a larger reality, a truth that we can know through these Brahmaviharas, through the very depth of their power and wisdom, because they are rooted in wisdom. And I want to speak a little bit about that this morning and also then to offer three ways of practicing with this particular Brahmavihara best home. So we might understand, you know, we might have a little bit of a sense of equanimity in our lives. And I feel like it is it has it's a natural development is a natural arising isn't it from meditation when it's when we're undertaking it at least even somewhat skillfully more equanimity here yeah i reckon so <laughs> certainly i can feel it and again it's one of those interesting things like with the joy i felt so strongly yesterday oh there's some equanimity you know in this being here in this heart and mind mm. Actually, you know, we might have an idea in a sense that, oh, I'm not very equanimous or no, I haven't got any of that. And actually, I feel that we would not be here if we didn't have some. I don't know, this is ongoing exploration for me. And also that any, any degree of mindfulness, any moment of mindfulness, there is some equanimity there. There is some sense of, okay, being with this, we're not just being swept away in the currents of samsara, the currents of thought, of impulse, of habit. There is some awareness, mindfulness, and therefore some degree of balance of, uh, oh, that's that. I also want to say, if I just drop in, this is not indifference. Right? And, and maybe that's really obvious, but it is not insensitivity, disconnection. It is a live, sensitive, and it, it actually deepens our, our sense of connection and care. And it and it actually strengthens our capacity for joy. So as you can hear, like these these brahmaviharas all support each other. So something to really sort of see, enjoy, understand, investigate how they each support and uh, um, are supported by the others. So. There is something where perhaps we, this equanimity <coughs> challenges our idea that we have to get to some final state place, you know, ultimate relationship, job, 
something. <laughs> we'll finally, it'll be all right. We'll be doing the right thing. Or they'll be all right. Or I'll, you know, we'll get it and we'll, it'll all be done. Like, so there's part of the wisdom in this is that we see that actually equanimity is really found and, and enjoyed and, and um, brought into being through the way we are with this moment right now you know and it and I'll, again as I said with the loving kindness it is so easy to get hold of this as an idea or as I said policy I'm going to now implement an equanimity policy it will all be equanimous <laughs> I will now be equanimous does that work? I mean maybe it, you know, maybe it does and I don't want to again we have so many different temperaments and ways that we operate but it's something where if we have if we have any fixed idea about it how it looks um, how it should feel if we equate it with a particular state if we equate it with a particular outcome in an outward situation or relationship or if, if then then we it's just more suffering because conditions keep changing this is one image from one of my teachers, Ajahn Sajito, is like almost like you're you're on this ball that's rolling, and you're you you, you just keep, keep moving, keep moving. So you're co- you're in contact that this is complete, continually changing. But you're you're there, you're here, you're you're with what's happening, right? Isn't that different? Isn't it? There's a sort of there's a sort of dy- dynamism, a sort of dynamic and the sense of stillness with movement uh, and balance balancing maybe is better to say and the way it looks or feels is, is different you know, might be, one might be weeping our head off and actually there's equanimity being developed in that it doesn't have to look one way yeah. so um, to know to, 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 to pick up on any word or image that seems helpful but not to fix on that and not to um, yeah and, and questions are so helpful and what would it like what would it be like what would balance look like right now yeah. so one way of cultivating is to reflect on Um, the what we've been touching on sort of different ways the the uncontrollability of, of things of 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 the the influxness of things the the fleetingness the changingness of ourselves and others of the world and of the the sense that actually there is no um, we we can't control. We can't control what happens. We can participate. We can contribute. We can incline. Yeah, all these. So, so we have that. There's to me something about this exploration of equanimity, which is evolving for me through 
just at the moment of 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 so how do I participate in in a way which is actually contributing to the good, to the peace, to the justice in the world and is not contributing and adding to the suffering, the agitation and the 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 uh, uh, yeah the hatred so on in the world. So the how and the what just intimately so so there's a call, it's like there's a, a call to respond and there's like an opportunity to respond because conditions are in continual flux. So there's something very like inviting and empowering and almost like I can feel like I can quite get quite in a quite um, there's an opportunity in every moment and in every situation for things to change quite dramatically or quite subtly. No, it, it's um, and that we can offer that we can bring through the cultivation again we've been going on and on about this intentionality you know to understand to understand what we can do and do it you know <coughs> to not use to not, to not use uh, Teachings, or teaching like equanimity, or as, an, as a sort of excuse for passivity or indifference, or oh well, I can't, it's too much, and this. But also not to, it's like finding that middle way, isn't it? Sometimes equanimity, we talk about equipoise, the in the middleness, there in the middleness, sort of between the extremes of of. You know, overextension, overwhelm, over-controlling, over-responsible, got to make it all like this. And on the other extreme, ah, well, what can you do? Never mind. I'm just going to go. <sighs> and also to recognise, we all do. We all do both. I certainly can see both tendencies in there. That equanimity is like again a direction or a beacon, like the lighthouse light against it. There is a middle way. There is what would it be to engage with a difficult relationship in our life or a, a difficult situation in the world with that with that aspiration? Like where where is the middle way here? We're not abandoning, but we're also not indulging. We're not feeding more the causes of suffering. So this is our work. This is the work of wisdom that is very, very, very important, I think, particularly in all of the Brahma-viharas, that we understand it as a wisdom practice, as the insight that it brings to us about our own minds and about others, and the insight it brings about how to live in that question that very first evening how can I live well so just one other uh, piece on, on this that I, I love again from Ajahn Suchito it's, it's the wisdom equanimity is the 
It's the practice of deep humility in the face of conditions. A deep, wise humility in the face of the conditions that we are all part of. Mm. Things are as they are. This is one practice, and there'll be, I'm going to put all these phrases on the board so don't worry about remembering them. And just to, to see what you want to take up and practice with this. Now, this is, this is to me, this is one of the like, you know, deep end equanimity practices. Or like, <laughs> you come head to head with your, I don't want things to be this way. But they are this way. And opening the clenched fist of frustration. Because where does that take us? And what does that actually also bring into any situation that we are trying desperately to help with? I don't want it to be this way. And again, can we include that? Can we somehow find a way, again, the generosity of of actually including our own frustration, the frustration of others, but to know where we're going, or what, what is possible. And just to practice, isn't it? Again and again, remember that we forget, we forget, we remember, we forget, we remember <laughs> the zigzag path. Oops, <laughs> caught up again in whatever it is. Oh, things are <coughs> as they are. Things are as they are. And I just, if you want to explore this, uh, my sense is it can, it's very powerful that it, it's this alignment with the truth as far as we can perceive that and understand that, the truth of the way things are. And that as we do that, as we make, as we, as we sense that alignment, to me, there's a sense of ah, we're released. Our body mind is released from the struggle against, from the dukkha, from the resistance, and actually, our energy and our attention and our love is actually more available yeah, for action, for restraint, for listening. So sorry, this is a lot this morning, but it is the last day, so we want to get through. <laughs> okay, so just just maybe a bit more briefly, a couple of other areas of practice, um, but maybe just before I, I go in, I just okay, let's pause. I was talking to somebody about yeah, this okay, pause. Let's just pause. And just, See how we're what's there for us right now. And how we're being affected by these reflections. So just, just breathing with that. Just listening to the birds.
for a few moments. Things are as they are. So just two other kinds of practice that um, just like to offer again for you to pick up as you wish and one is again um, coming from description of equanimity practice from Ajahn Suchito again as a, a process of deepening self-acceptance now ultimately it opens out into acceptance of all things it's this sense that we've been exploring as part of this um, retreat of can we meet just this moment this experience however it is right now can we meet that with a sense of just let letting it be or just allowing just knowing Sound as sound, emotion as emotion, difficult mind state as difficult mind state, joy as joy, just this, moment by moment. So, in very you know, simple, immediate, and a sense of interest in, I meet the unpleasant and the pleasant equally. Can I actually, through that changing experience, have a sense of the possibility of equal respect for each and every arising and a relaxing and a resting into just that intention that exploration of equally near or equal respect for each moment of our life and I have a phrase that you can you can use if it's helpful. May I rest at ease with this changing experience. Again, you, as you know by now, find your own way, your own images, your own words, your own wordlessness. May I rest at ease 
with this changing experience. So let's just take a little while to just be with that. So just lastly, just the third practice. So you have the wisdom practice, this sort of resting practice. And lastly, uh, just a little bit about practice where again we can extend and include other beings in our cultivation. I don't know about you, but I can look and see how <clears throat> how much um, relationships with other people, that, that interactional, interrelational realm, or relational experience, the being with others, is or can be, maybe for many of us in different ways, a place where our reactivity is most activated. Yeah. I'm sure I'm not alone. Really. And it may be, you know, more in one arena than another. Maybe on retreat, actually, it's one of our most difficult, most reactive places. Or maybe it's at work, or maybe it's in certain organizations we're part of, or maybe it's actually in more social, sort of open social situations we have most difficulty just to see and it's like on retreat I think we get to see some of this stuff in glorious technical. I'm sure I'm not the only one in that one. Yeah? How amazing. Here we are in silence and what, you know, what can happen? We can fall in love and it's going to be forever. Or we fall in lust. Or we just 
absolutely just think someone is so lovely or that person is so annoying I think they should give me a medal for not slapping them (laughs) or all the many ways that again we we, isn't it what impedes like just, just being with someone you know can I just be with someone and just let it be okay <laughs> you know no drama no agenda no just be there oh I've got to help them oh I've got to get away from them you know ah <laughs> right very subtly or very in big ways and so we see on retreat oh because we don't have our normal things we do. We'll go here, we'll do that, we'll eat this, we'll ring up that person, we'll tap for this thing or that thing, we'll turn on that, or we'll go tell them <laughs> how they ought to behave. Oh, I feel better now. So we see, we get to see, don't we, the full range, all of that and everything in between on retreat and I feel like it's one of the most powerful arenas for learning is when we we can see that more in our life and of course for many of us this can be most difficult with the people we're closest to surely I'm not the only one who finds that (laughs) you know And, and how much Stability or steadiness or wisdom and trying again and blowing it and then beginning again and forgiving and leaving and then coming back <laughs> to actually learn like what would it really mean to have equanimity in, in our relationships wow through all of that not instead of it until you're a fully awakened Buddha then maybe but even then, I wonder, you know, you look at the Buddha in you and you can see him getting annoyed with people in the texts. Oh, stupid one. <laughs> I love that. So, well, he might have been slightly annoyed. <laughs> Maybe not. It's just... So can we, can we just have that sense that actually, you know, through and in the midst of our anxieties and they don't like me and... Oh God, I'm the worst meditator in the world, or I'm the best meditator in the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's like, can you feel a sense of balance in the midst of? So important to not a state, and that actually bringing that to other people, bringing that to our relationships, to our sense of ourselves and the other in relationship, there is space. For change and growth to happen, yeah. Again, maybe we sense this and experience this, and just like, oh, like just that work, that practice of can I let the other be? Can I be present, connected, available? Like I'm actually, I'm here. Okay, and can I look at you and let you be? Just let you be there. Let's practice. I'm looking around at you and they're like, walk the talk, Caroline. Look at these people. (laughs) So, yes, you're definitely there. You're not just yogis. 
Yeah, and I'm not just like teacher. Can you, can you see me? Somebody nodded. That was really nice. <laughs> Thank you, Melinda. Sorry, you don't have to nod. But can you see, like, what does that... Like, we see through barriers and boundaries and fog. Then we see through... Can we see through our fear, our judgments, liking, disliking? Just see this human being in front of us. There's a practice for the rest of our life. So, there'll be some phrases, you know, handy phrases for you to use or not. And again, just notice what's... Maybe you've got enough from what's just been said. But um, some phrases I've been working with and, and are... I don't know where they come from. I don't see them in the text, but anyway. We are a commentary a lot. Just keep adding. <laughs> Thinking of someone in your life. Maybe, maybe let's settle into a period of practice with this. And I'll introduce it and then let you let you go free range. So if you just settle into some sense of a comfortable posture. And let's just pause together, just taking a few moments to just acknowledge what's going on in our body-mind, just letting ourselves settle again a little into our seat. So if you wish, just again, bringing someone to mind, and you know what the possibilities are now, but I'm just for now thinking of somebody, past or present, who um, you have been in some kind of caring relationship with, maybe someone you've tried or trying to help or support in some way. Again, just past or present, just... Yeah, could be friend, family member, somebody in your work, any anyone, and just bring someone to mind that you might want to 
work with for a little while, just be with. And just letting somebody come to mind. Just having a sense of our love and care for this person and wish that they'd be happy. And then also perhaps just a sense of the thought that we cannot make them happy. That it's not all up to us. There are many, many, many conditions that come together to create this person's experience in life. So we acknowledge our care, that we do care, actually. We do care. The beauty and the goodness and the rightness of that. Acknowledging there are many causes and conditions at play that are quite beyond our control. Can we open to that truth? Or the possibility of opening to that truth, maybe just a little. Can we even bear the thought? So just very, very gently with yourself. No pushing, no forcing, no requiring anything to be other than it is. To really include any sense of resistance or sorrow, frustration with ourselves or another. I can care for you but I cannot keep you from suffering. I can care for you, but I cannot keep you from suffering. So just gently, quietly, slowly, in your own way, if you want just letting this phrase Again, carry and embody that intention of care. For really, yeah, just letting ourselves connect with the goodness of that care. And letting ourselves little by little open to the truth that we cannot control what happens. I can care for you but I cannot keep you from suffering. <laughs> 